We're Kim and Kendra, two faithful skeptics who find Christ calling us to ask all kinds of questions. Join us for our podcast, Hold On, Is That Really Christian? Hey, Kim. It's fun to be here with you again today, getting to talk about our favorite subject, which in one way or another seems to always kind of be the Bible. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least our journeys with the Bible and and, uh, how that comes into play in our larger journey of uh, growing closer to God and to neighbor. And it seems to me that we're going to be exploring some things about the Bible and some assumptions I always say that I think the general public believes the Bible is about one-third against abortion, one-third against homosexuality, and one-third against wearing white after Labor Day. (laughs) But um, I think we're going to get into one of the two. We're going to save one of the the first one uh, to discuss later on in more in-depth. But let's talk about homosexuality today, Kendra. (laughs) That sounds like a, a good plan, Kim. You know, one of the things that um, comes to my mind when when this topic uh, always comes up is how little the Bible has to say about this and how big then the opposition comes for a small group of people um, and, and to kind of come at them with such... Um, force and such vehemence um, with so little actual biblical material. Right. Imagine that. <laughs> I think it's troubling, though, because it has such a huge impact upon our siblings here in, um, in our society who are on the other end of the criticisms and the accusations and the horrible language, unfortunately, you sometimes hear out of people who are part of the Christian faith, which is really, really disturbing. Right. Well, I have to say, um, at least in in regard to this uh, topic, that one of my good friends is Letha Dawson Scanzoni, and um, she and Virginia Mollencott were um, one of the first um, people to write a book of of, um, being affirmative of uh, LGBTQ and uh, Christianity. Um, and that book came out in the 70s uh, called Is the Homosexual My Neighbor? It is, aren't they out of the evangelical tradition as well? Um, they are. And so um, so to come out of that particular uh, tradition and to be writing about that um, in the 70s is, is a, quite a... Um, a uh, speaks to the, the power um, and... and uh, the confidence that they had in in what they had discovered. I think it's interesting um, that um, Virginia, well, while they were writing the book, um, um, Letha did not know that Virginia was gay. And um, they had discovered that in the process of writing that, that this was really going to 
to affect their careers because they were both uh, well known in the evangelical world. And um, so there was a time in which Virginia um, went to visit Letha in her home, and she knew that she needed to come out to, to Letha um, kind of before this project um, got further down the road. And so they write about this in their expanded and updated version of, of the book. Um, and it sounds like it must have been a really um, pivotal moment for both of them. Um, and so Virginia tells uh, Letha that, you know, this, as it turns out, is pretty personal for me. Um, and, um, and it was a shock for Letha. Um, but they came to understand one another, and it only strengthened their friendship. And, and the thing that has stood out for me um, in the time that I've known Letha is that here was someone who wasn't gay, and so she didn't have any benefit from this. Virginia was going to get some benefit, um, but Letha wouldn't. Um, and in fact, uh, because she was, she was not gay, and, and in fact, um, it completely um, disrupted her career and made it much more difficult for her to um, continue her writing and publishing and editing um, in the evangelical world, um, of which she had had uh, contributed and still sees herself today as an evangelical, but certainly one who's been kicked out uh, right by the evangelical leaders, as it were. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, all, all that to say um, that when someone really decides to go deep into the Bible to really ask the question, is, is there this, um, this um, warranted position against uh, LGBTQ from a biblical perspective? Um, I think it is very difficult to make the case. Right. That, in fact, that's what's going on. So what do you think that, why is it so difficult? Um, I think that um, people aren't too interested in um, serious biblical interpretation, right? It, right. Takes, it takes a lot of hard work um, to be good readers and to take the Bible seriously. There are only a handful of places in the Bible that, that even address um, homosexuality. I'm, I'm using that term um, as, as an umbrella term today. We would more readily say, I think, LGBTQ. Um, there are only a handful of, of instances in the Bible where that even comes up. It, well, it seems to me that even in a broader sense that, and you can agree or disagree with me on this, but I believe there's a far less about sex overall. And I think that there's so much equation with homosexuality or LGBTQ. It's always about sex rather than who a person is. Mm -hmm. And then the other part is there's not a lot as much there as we're assuming about sex, period, because since they're related, they, they are related in some people's minds. Whereas there are other things that are so much more important. But getting back to this mm -hmm. issue of how we are looking for an out to love certain of our neighbors or to exclude them or 
assume we're, you know that God doesn't bless them and somehow they're exempt from their made in the image of God yeah. um, you know criteria that we hear from the very beginning as how we're created so tell us a little bit more about some of those verses or, or whatever you see there in the Bible that gets misinterpreted yeah well um you know, as it turns out, there there are a couple passages in Genesis that are used. Um, there's a couple in Leviticus. Um, there are um, some words that show up in um, two lists of vices that show up in the New Testament. Um, there's a little bit in, in Romans, also 1 Corinthians and Timothy, 1 Timothy. So there's there's just these kind of little snippets and I think what people try to do is kind of pull these snippets out um, and enlarge them and make them to be much more um, important than they probably were. I know earlier when I happened to mention to you in passing I kind of listed off where these passages were. You had a question for me Mm -hmm. and my question was where in the Gospels are there? And when we say Gospels, we mean Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Where, where is Jesus talking about this? Yes, and of course it was a trick question, right? Because Jesus doesn't say anything. Jesus doesn't say anything. So I think that that is a really important clue for us. And at least for me, as um, kind of an interpretive tool, I always think when I'm trying to understand what the Bible says, wherever it is, I try to take it back to Jesus and use Jesus as an interpretive lens. And in what way does this kind of um, uh, bring me into conversation with what it was that Jesus taught and what he did? Um, and how does that help me to understand um, actions um, or statements in any other given place of the Bible? And that, for me, has become kind of a really helpful tool um, because what I see is when Jesus is traveling uh, from place to place and he's, he's interacting with people, he's reaching out, he never asks them to believe in a particular way um, or judge them before they can hang out with him. Instead, he, he just throws his arms open and he just welcomes people, person after person after person. And so often it's someone who's on the margins, you know, whether it's Zacchaeus, who I, I think of this man who must have been so short in stature that he has to climb up into a tree in order to see Jesus. And if I can get my head into that, use my imagination, I think here's someone who felt very much on the outside. Um, To be a grown man and willing to climb up in a tree in order to have a vantage point. He must have felt very much on the outside, and Jesus welcomed him. He went to his house. That's where I'm going to have dinner. you know. Or you think about the, the woman who's been bent over and how her world must have narrowed to her feet. Mm-hmm. And to day after day only see my feet. 
um, and how isolated she must have felt. And yet, who does Jesus pay attention to? It's her. And so I think, well, you know, Jesus had a position of welcoming everyone, and especially those on the outside. So I think that that means that the church should um, be all the more intent and spend our great effort to welcome those who are on the margins. And of course, that includes our LGBTQ siblings. Mm -hmm. Well, I think about the one of our episodes that we're going to be dealing with on um, same-sex marriage and the web designer, uh, that it is interesting that the Matthew segment that we talk about there is about divorce. We certainly welcome divorce people in, but it seems very clearly that Jesus (laughs) was concerned for some reason or another, and we have thoughts about what that really was about, with a divorce, you know, leaves especially women, you know, in, in bad economic straits. But ultimately... Why is that not something people exclude based on? Now, we don't want to do that because we think that that's not really the issue there. Right. Um, and again, it goes back to even looking at the law when you talked about Leviticus. I think Deuteronomy has something maybe as well uh, or, or vice versa that it's Jesus reminding us about that weightier matters of the law right. in Matthew 23, 23, 24 is justice and mercy along with faith. Those are all equally important. So then we have to look at those those particular verses, I think, through that lens of is this just, is it merciful for us right. to treat people that we think have violated, and many of us violate all the time Levitican laws. <laughs> That's and, right. We, we wear clothing that mm-hmm. has mixed uh, material. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. That, therefore, everybody who's going to church on Sunday in a suit, right. women or male, fe- male or female, and then you go out to Red Lobster to eat afterwards, you have mm-hmm. violated Leviticus. So yes. Yes. we have to be real clear about that. We can't pick and right. choose. But if you're looking, those things are not, you know, as we look through that lens of Jesus as a Jew looking at the Jewish law saying, here's what's more important. Mm-hmm. How do we love our neighbor and how do, are we just and merciful toward them? Right. And I think one of the things, too, that we're kind of illustrating or maybe talking around without out being um, uh, clear, but um, is that we're really working in the Wesleyan tradition um, when we're talking about kind of uh, how it is that we wrestle with the Bible, um, we're following Wesley's quadrilateral, which suggested that that there are kind of four different um, areas that always need to be in conversation with one another in order for us to um, kind of know what it is that we think and believe. Um, And those would be scripture, of course, Um, but also the traditions, uh, what have been passed down from from churches to church, uh, and it goes all the way back, um, and so that requires us to know our history um, and kind of see ourselves in this line um, of of history. Um, And then we also bring experience to bear. Um, we, we bring all of ourselves, our whole context, and that means our experience. Um, and then we use our reason. Uh, we've been given minds for, for great purpose, I think, mm-hmm. um, and that's to use them. And so I think Wesley suggested, look, we, 
we need to have conversations that include all of these um, so that we know who we are and how to be better Christians. Right. And I think it really behooves us, if we're going to use a verse, we need to read it, even reading it completely. Right. I talked a little bit about to Kendra about the whole Sodom and Gomorrah. Everybody assumes it's about, against same-sex relationships, especially males. There's, there's sexual violence there, but the violence again, that was potentially committed against the, the angels who came to visit Lot, if you know the story of Sodom mm-hmm. and Gomorrah, uh, but we go to Ezekiel, and, and Kendra can talk a little bit about that, but that's, it's defining the sin of Sodom isn't that. It's not violence. It's not sex. It's not homosexuality or identification of LGBTQ. It is how those in Sodom treated the poor. Right. And, and that is one of those kind of key um, interpretive um, tools that, uh, you know, when when I was teaching at the universities, um, that was something that I taught my students, is you pay attention to how Scripture interprets Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so when that shows up in, in Ezekiel, um, you can't then just throw that out and, and say, well, I, I don't like that that was that interpretation, and, and instead kind of assign another to it. So... There's a lot of work that we need to do to be um, good readers um, of Scripture and to take the Bible seriously. And, um, and I know that, that you agree with me, Kim, that um, we're glad to be part of a Christian community here at North Haven where we take the Bible seriously, mm-hmm. and, and that means we work hard to be um, good interpreters. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people think those of us who might call ourselves progressive Christians don't, that right. we basically talk around the Bible and kind of have it in the background. I don't think here at this community you could say that to be true at all. We are so much looking at those scripture and trying to understand them in the way that you have been talking about a lot, Kendra. And I think that's really important, and it makes it just more living for us as well as being Understanding that when we bring something into modern times, there are things that we need to understand about it. And sometimes we just need to be a little bit more thorough than we, than we are about it because we have our biases, and to use the Bible in that way is problematic. And we can always have a discussion about differences in, of opinions and thoughts. Of course. But getting, digging into it helps to have a perspective about what's going on and what the Bible's telling us. Yeah, I think so. So... I guess we would say to our listeners that we hope that uh, you might consider joining us um, on this journey of discovery with the Bible. I know that at least for me, the more I have become a, um, a better thinker, um, the more I've enjoyed and, and gotten more out of the Bible. So those two things can actually go together. We'd love to hear from you. Please contact us at podcast at northhaven.org. Thanks for joining our conversation. We hope you'll join us next time. We thank North Haven Church in Dallas for sponsoring us, Larry McCain for music, and Chris Qualley for technical assistance. If you'd like to know more about our sponsor, go to northhaven.org. That's North Haven with one H. And on our website, you can find more information on our ministries of faith, mercy, and justice.